Hi, I mean, everybody. here, here it is. Here it is. So what is this, oh. Jesse, that you're showing us? You have a pen pal. Is what I we have hear. a pen pal. She's 84 years old. Is she in prison? Is no. her name B? Okay. No, her name's Mary. Mary. And she's okay. lovely. Okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah, she's you're amazing. lovely if you're 84. Okay. So how did you meet said Mary? Um, it's Mary real. I'm, I'm, questioning. <laughs> I'm skeptical. <laughs> I mean, she writes like an old lady. So maybe, That's very but I writing. met her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I met her through, um, my Bible study. We did like this service okay. project where we cool. sent happy mail to retirement communities and she likes to write. So she asked me if I would be her pen pal and we exchanged pictures and stuff like that. So she's okay, amazing. That's precious. I know. Isn't it? She's you amazing. might end up with a house out of this. You might be in her will. This is an investment strategy, right? Get a thousand pen pals that are 80 or older. Be really Andrew, great friends with you're them. terrible. Farm, farm that mean, out to someone else. And you. this is how you end up with being like, who is this Jesse from South Carolina? And the, all the family's like, forget this person. You're like, hi, I'm here for the keys. <laughs> I think there's a like country song a about Hallmark. that. Um, he's making a Hallmark movie. It sounds like it. a movie. Like, Who's going to do this movie? Um, but pen pal. Well, I'm glad that's a real person. I'm like, there's no yeah. way this is real. Yeah. Kind of thing. Is, are those the only stamps you buy for your pen pal? No, I have an old oh. soul. So I uh, write okay. letters to my friends all the time. Interesting. Oh, no, no, no. true story about me. You, you know what? You have good handwriting too, because I don't. They wouldn't know what I was writing. There's a lot of power in a handwritten thank you note too. Okay. It's a lost art form. And when you do it, a lot of power in that. Right. Against, mm-hmm. for, it would be a negative maybe for me. They'd be like, oh, look at this. Is this a second grader maybe <laughs> learning how to write? Wow, bless, bless their soul. Oh, it's Andrew. Oh, God. Don't trust him anymore. Okay, that's amazing. Well, uh, let's get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 287. I am the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. With me today is Beth Russell and Jesse Suggs. Hello. Hey, we're here. We're here. This is so exciting. I feel like this is not the usual cast of characters. I always think we're like a sitcom here at DYC. I don't, so that's like in my brain. I let that out. I don't know if I've ever publicly said that as far as like, we're like the office we're parks and rec, whatever it may be. We have someone for everyone to like and enjoy and listen to. So I don't think we've had this, this episode before it's Beth, Jesse, and myself. I'm pumped. Up. I'm pumped. Buckle it's been up. great. Team, no edits. Thank you, Olivia. There'll be no edits. You're welcome. So let's get started story time. I'm already talking, so I'll do mine. It's, it's quick and easy, I think. So um, in the plaza that the gym that I go to, that I also happen to own, there's a, there was a coffee shop and it was okay. They had really good ingredients. They got local roasted beans like twice a week. Great. But their drinks were never like there. I'm also holding a Starbucks in my hand, right? I just got it. Wife got it a little bit ago. They could never get the drinks right. And I'm like, oh, and I would like, we were friends. I'm like, I would help them like, hey, like, Go to this place, Gideon's at Disney Springs. If you're listening, if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amazing coffee, beats Starbucks, beats everything in the world. Go there, mimic those drinks. People will be lining up at your door. They're like, okay, we'll try it out. I could tell they weren't. They were not going to go to, to Gideon's to try it out. I'm like, what if you try to make this drink? This drink is the drink at Starbucks. They always run out of ingredients for this one. 
the brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso. Like it's always sold out. Like when they run out of that, they're like, oh, okay, well, we don't really like Starbucks. We're kind of better than them. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you could tell like there's some resistance to even change or even like checking on their product. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. ego driven, whatever it was, they still never got their drinks right. Fast forward four months, wow. where do we think that coffee shop is? Not in business anymore. That's for the sure. Figure. And you check yeah. out the reviews and it's exactly what I just talked about. It was all like great spot, super friendly staff, but I try to like the drinks. It just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. I tried support local. Da, 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 da. It just wasn't there. It's still the same product, coffee, coffee. And so I'm thinking about this to comparison to homes. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, like at surface level, you're like, two drinks look the same. And then you go and visit and you're like, ooh, actually, like this one is working much better. Like, and then there's other like customer service things that as far as Starbucks usually has, drive through is pretty much always perfect unless something happens and then there's like an issue. But, you know, they're timing it. They're, they're making sure it's processed. This local shop, you get like a little bit of local feel, but you're like, it took seven minutes to make my drink. Like what in the world? Like what is mm-hmm. happening? But you want mm-hmm. to support local. You want to support that. But after all, like at the end of the day, it's still like the transactions there. I'm giving you money. What's the value and the money that I'm giving you? Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work for them. Even though you're like, it's coffee. Like who cares? It's the same thing. Coffee, there's beans, beans, water, sweetener, flavor, all that. So it, it makes me think about the marketing side. Like, ooh, like all homes aren't created equal. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to then kind of counteract any any marketing, any product challenges with more and more marketing. And that could only get us so far before like we're spending so much money on marketing when like it might just be like the experience of like, oh, they pull into the model home or they're visiting it like, oh, geez, no one flushed that toilet in like three months. It needs to be refilled like the P trap, whatever it may be. Like there could be little things there, right, that just create this friction compared to the high traffic sales center model home for another builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my story. I don't know if there's anything else to it. More analogy, no, there but definitely it's really is. interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot there, but it's all product based. Like service was similar between the two shops or not the two shops, thousands of Starbucks or like in our area, there's like 10 within 10 minutes, um, just based on how dense we are. But this one, it was mostly product based was their issue. Pricing pretty much the same people similar. Maybe they had some compare like, all right, that sales agent, a little bit slow, but like, it's a really nice place. And I like, I, I want to like them, but the product just wasn't, just wasn't there. Well, I think what you just said is poignant is the fact that you wanted to like them because it's another case of yeah, you were, to. people were leaving reviews. They were providing the feedback and they didn't do anything. They just still yeah. thought that they, they weren't listening. knew better and they were assuming who their demographic was. And you see it all the time with home builders where they just assume who their demographic is and what they want in a house, what they what included features they want, what price point they want, what yeah. they deem as affordable. And they're so oh, far yeah. off the charts. It's like, just listen, like they're there to tell you, especially, I mean, the reviews is kind of like the final, like this is, I, I'm writing the review because I probably wasn't super happy with the experience. This mm-hmm. is coffee shop, but I'm sure in person, if they had 10 reviews, I'll send it to everyone internally. I don't want to blast them like on the internet. Um, but 10 reviews were like, kind of negative. They were like three, three stars. So they're being nice. They weren't like, it wasn't a terrible experience. I'm yeah. sure there was probably two, three, four, five X in-person conversations like, oh, how's your drink? Oh, it's okay. It's almost there. It's good. Or, or maybe people are too shy to actually give real feedback. Mm-hmm. Well, they I hadn't mean, noticed something wasn't clicking if they're not yeah. getting the profits and they can't stay open. And they weren't just people, people, people. Yeah. And it's like, that's on the marketing team, but also, I mean, from a 
home building standpoint, Jesse, you know, like the online sales is the first point of contact for our customers. They're constantly receiving feedback. And this is something that we're always talking about on the marketing side is the importance of understanding the feedback that your sales team, what they're receiving and what they're hearing are the actual hurdles in the people moving through the funnel. Cause that's going to tell you a lot about how you're marketing, what information you're presenting and who your customers actually are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly crazy that people are giving feedback and they don't want to hear it or they don't do anything yeah. about it because I mean, there's like peer groups and things like that, that pay people to come in just to give their feedback on their product so they can better it. And so I see why they're out of business and taking yeah. it back to the home industry, just like you said, Beth, it's they online sales specialists build that rapport in order to get that valuable feedback. Um, but my story time, Andrew, is kind of similar to yours, but kind of not. It's about customer experience. Okay. Um, so we do our roundtables here with our, our people that we work with. And I was thinking, okay, what is a common trend? What's a theme? What's something that's going to land with everybody? And I quickly, you know, we're, we're like, all right, the group that I have, they're all established. They all are doing well with the fundamentals of online sales. But what are they lacking? Or what are a majority of them lacking? And it was industry knowledge. Like, do we know, we know how to roll out the product. We know how to like talk about it. We know how to call our customers. But when we get objections, how do we overcome them with educating the customer on the front end as to why we can't give them those answers? And so we did kind of an industry knowledge or terminology roundtable. And there was a lot that was taken from that of like, okay, if I could do this job, could I also do it? let's just say at a car dealership, they have online sales programs too. And so then I was like, I want to do something fun. Like I'm going to go on where I bought my car and I'm going to message their online sales specialists. So I got on the chat. I found this car that said call for pricing because you, you know, they've got that car on every website. Side name. Don't you hate that? The worst. Like, aren't you like, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Three out of three agree. So if you are anything like that, hmm, transparency, we want it. Okay. So I'm, I'm on there. One, the other cars, you know, they have the, the markup for the market right now. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is a new car on the market. It was a Toyota Sequoia and it says call for pricing, which immediately I know out of my budget, but I was doing this for fun. So yeah. I go and I message them. Two people respond at the same time. So I've got two people saying, Hey, got your request. How can I help you? So I'm like, wait, one of them asked how I was. And one of them asked, how they could help me. I'm like, how do I answer this? So I'm like, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? And I ask, Hey, I just want the price on this. I don't want anything else. I just need to know the price. It says contact for price. And they will not tell me the price. And I said, they asked me, they gave me the objection, whatever, back and forth, back and forth. And finally I said, Hey, I don't want to come and test drive it yet. Could you tell me the price? Both of them ghosted me. I never heard back. I left the chat up for over an hour. Oh my God. They never asked my name, my email. Hmm. So I was like, okay, we're missing the ball here on customer experience. And it was, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was timing or if it was the system registering my name again. The next day I get an email from their marketing department that says, Hey, we're hope we hope you're enjoying your Toyota 4Runner. You know, if you're in the market to sell it back to us, like let us know, blah, blah, blah. And that's your actual car. It was the car they had already bought back from me. Oh, okay. Two years ago. Oh, cute. So I was so like, worked okay. with them before. So it's not like you're a tire kicker. I mean, they oh, might think I bought that. five cars with them. Okay. You should be like VIP. Like your name should yeah. pop in and be like, 
send her, like go pick her up, bring her One lunch, would bring think, her coffee. You know, uh, I don't know. about that Sequoia by now. Right. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. But then I ordered, this is totally leading into another story time and sorry, I talked so much, but I am in sales. So that's what we do. But I bought a new pair of headphones, these headphones right here, right off Amazon headphones with microphone. I asked Amanda, I said, Amanda on our team, what headphones do you have that are comfortable? She sent it to me. They're 15 bucks. I mean, cheap headphones. They came overnight. So I ordered them yesterday. They were in my mailbox before lunch today. I go to put them on and out falls a handwritten note from their company. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, is this like the font that tries to make it look like it's handwritten? No, because they have a spelling error in here. So it's not, and it's very clear, but like, if people would do this for a $15 product, like why aren't they doing it for a car or a house or Mm -hmm. any other thing for that matter? Like customer experience matters. Agreed. Yeah. And full circle, this same company could be the one that I outsource my pen pal investment strategy to. There you go. go. Back to the cold opening there for writing to Mary. So yeah. The power of the handwritten the note. handwritten note. But that Don't is you- interesting. Yeah. I think about that with, um, I mean, there's so many analogies there with, I think about that with SEO back when I was in e-com, like we would sell this part number or this brand or this type of product, like 25K fifth wheel hitch, Kurt, Sequin, all these different brands that mean nothing to anybody. And they were like at 800 to like $2,000 product with 10 to 20% margins, not that much money. Right. So we need to sell a lot of these to make any money and we would have so much content. And this is back before people like that was at the verge of like content marketing. You need mm-hmm. content on your site. We're still preaching that, but I'm like, we had no resistance, no mental resistance to like, we need a video of every part number. And there was a lot of them and they were mm-hmm. like, you know, a thousand dollars each. We need pictures of, we need detailed pictures, 20, 30, 40 pictures of each. We need the, the paragraphs we need, how to pick this one, best one for this, if you're towing in hills, if it's flat, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just like, this is just what we have to do to sell these things. Like, cool. Then we go over depth. This is like a guilt episode. I feel like this is, <laughs> these are opportunities. I guess this is opportunity episode. Then we go mm-hmm. to home homes and it's like, how many opportunities for content are there? Like, just like design studio, that whole process could be. Mm-hmm. a lot going to a model home picking a floor plan why you should pick this versus that just talking around it and i think the biggest benefit of that is that you get to set the tone and educate and then therefore when everyone comes to you or they make the appointment through your online sales program they've already been quote indoctrinated with what you say is the truth and so they're just already like bought in like the car dealership if they're like if it says call for pricing here's the reason why and mm-hmm. they could sell it probably better than like these one-on-one conversations that happened all day long. And you'd be like, oh, totally understand that. Positive experience. I understand why it says call for pricing. Very hot in-demand products, cars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't publish pricing because there's a market rate adjustment. And for whatever reason, I don't know the reasons why, but they, they would sell it well. They get to control the conversation on there. And it's exactly. crazy. In cars, you have, I mean, people are selling the exact same product. I mean, yeah. you've got two cars coming from Toyota and home building, you've got two different products coming from two different builders. Completely with, different. Yeah. So there's even more of an advantage on that. Jackie and I were just having this conversation that it's like people are forgetting the purpose of marketing and the purpose of like, we're supposed to dangle the carrot and get them interested, get them through the door, quote unquote, you know? And I think it kind of relates to that, like the content marketing 
um, we have to, we can't rely on the same things that we've been relying on in this market. And we're kind of losing our way a little bit on the marketing side. And it ties into my story time of, you know, a big topic right now in our market is incentives. Everyone is running an incentive because we have the ability to do so. And it's helping get people through the hurdle in their sales funnel. But like, it's not our job to overcome the objection. And so in our marketing, we're constantly overcomplicating it and we're overcomplicating our incentives. And it's gotten to the point where we're working for them instead of letting them work for us, which is what we should be doing. And we had this moment with a builder a couple of weeks ago where Jackie and I had that conversation with them. And it was like this light bulb just went off of, because I don't know about you guys, but I am getting incentive fatigue. Like I'm tired of it because every yeah. single week it's like limited time only 5.99. Like it's, it's like, the same this? thing. If it's every single week, it's no longer limited. And so right, yeah. we're just, we need to simplify it and just say, this is the incentive we're running. Learn more about it. This is how you save 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is on your house. And then leave the rest up to your sales team, but just give them enough Simplify the messaging so it's not overly complicated for your consumers and just get them through the door. Get them through the door. Especially, I think the incentive, there's some some brands that I shop from, they always have an incentive. And so after, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious what number it is for y'all. If you, you're interacting with a brand, home builder or otherwise, mm-hmm. you, had, you go to their site and you're like, oh, incentive, promotion, whatever. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to take action right now, but awesome. They, they do incentives. And then it goes away. You're like, oh man, I should have acted more quickly. Then another one pops up. You're like, mm-hmm. oh good, I got lucky. Like they got another incentive. Cool. You're still not ready. It goes away. Then a third one pops up. To me, it's number three where I'm like, oh, there's there will be another incentive. Like yeah. if I don't like this one, I'll wait for another one. Or if I'm not yeah. ready, I'm just gonna wait for the next one. Even though that, you know, that could be naive assuming, assuming that. But after a while, you I think you could end up stressed, especially if it's like email marketing incentive. Yep. June 15th, last month, it was May 15th, the month before was, you know, April something. Like, I'll just wait for the next one. I'll just wait for the next one. So you just get, we're being trained by the, by the different brands and companies we interact with as far as how they run their incentives. And what you just, like, consumers are paying attention. Yeah, even like, if they don't click or engage mm-hmm. or comment. They're noticing what you're doing. It's the same, like, I don't buy anything. Most of my clothes are from J. Crew. I'm like, it's like the only thing that fits me because I'm such a tiny, freakishly tiny human being. And so like I like Oompa Loompa and uh, Willy Wonka, like, yeah, tiny. just, just okay. tiny. I'm just fun size. So it's like the only place that fits me, but I know their sales pattern. And so right. I wait, like we, we were in the store, even it was a factory store and Berkeley saw this dress that she really liked. And I was like, let's wait. It's full price now. I know it'll go on sale. And then like, what do you know, two weeks later, I get an email that exact dress was like 70% off. And I was like, oh, click by, <laughs> like, thank you. And there's certain things, like I noticed a pattern where certain products will only go on sale once and then they'll sell out. Yeah. And so I just, I'm just noticing this retail pattern, the sale pattern, and I know when to buy and when not to buy. And it's the same thing with houses, appliances, you know, appliances are going to go on sale, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and you wait. Or you give your information. Yeah, I want to know more about this incentive or this deal. And then going back to retail, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to know when your active wear is on sale. 
but I get an alert every single day of what's on sale that day that when activewear comes around, I didn't see it because I've tuned everything else out because you just blow me up with stuff that doesn't matter. And speaking of incentives, I was actually on a call yesterday with a builder that we work with and their marketing department sent out an incentive as an e-blast by division. So they have two different divisions that they target with different incentives and they didn't section off their leads correctly, or they didn't pull segmented lists. Mm-hmm. So the lead got, okay, we have this incentive rate buy down for 3.99%. And then two hours later, they get the exact same with just the digits changed. It's like, we have this incentive 4.75%. And if mm-hmm. I'm in the division that only has 4.75, but I see 3.99, you're not getting a house from me if you're not honoring that deal. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. that's a challenge too, is when you have it in, in writing, and you send it yeah. out and you're not Definitely. then they have to really go like well let me show you how all this works and why we actually cannot do 3.9 yeah. and then that's a i mean that's that's i mean it's a good conversation to have that like builds trust but they're coming in from like i don't believe you already mm-hmm. which i think yeah. kind of fits into the line of um and then i think we, we kind of we went through incentives like pretty good as far as if you say limited and mm-hmm. sales is like hey you know i don't know when this is in we bought this amount of mortgages to have the rate buy down like, I don't know when it's an end, but like things will go quickly. You know, it's, you should really act now. I'll give you a call tomorrow, follow up, like, let me know, but we really need to get this thing moving. Okay. Okay. I understand. Like, like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not joking. Like really, like last time we ran this, it, it was like just days it ran out. So you're trying to push urgency, urgency, but there's like this fine line. I'm not a sales trainer, but I feel like I'm talking like I pretending I am like you're eroding trust as far as like, if that goes backwards and like, oh, it's two weeks later, you said this thing was going to sell out. Like that the incentive was me gone mm-hmm. or it's gone. And like a week later, it's back. I'm like, I don't trust Andrew anymore. Like he told me it was going to be gone. And sure enough, it's here. He's just trying to get the commission, which you already know that anyways. Yeah. But like the evidence of that, you feel, well, ick. Yeah. You get the ick from that. You're like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah. That, those messages have a ton of power in them. And that's why it's so important that you have those open line of communications amongst the marketing team and the sales team so that everyone's always on the same page of like, what the expectations are so that if it doesn't derail like that. And if you're changing it week by week, then it's impossible for like, no yeah, one can you follow can't act that. On that. Yeah. You need time to act, especially at home. It's not like, it's not the J crew dress where you could like change it up and never do it again. Yeah. Like people exactly. need, people need a plan. So perfect. Well, let's go on to the news and Jesse, I'm going to let you take this first one um, because it's definitely your territory. If you're ready to cue this one up here um, by our own Amanda, the power of identifying the one in online sales. So yeah, Jesse, well, you lead this one. It's funny that we're talking about urgency because that's really what this entire article or blog is about is um, really tying in a quote from Kevin that she heard on a podcast, but also an experience that she had recently um, getting a new cat. Like she's like, I don't really know if I want a cat. I don't know if I need a cat. Um, but after she spoke with the person and after they helped her like find the right one, meaning if you're an online sales specialist, you're having this conversation and you're not saying, okay, well, I see that you're interested in this community. Let's have you come out. Mm -hmm. That's great. But if you get them set on the idea of one particular home or one particular lot or floor plan, uh, it adds that urgency that without having to seem like you're adding urgency of like, oh, what if it's sold before I have the opportunity to get out there? I better go ahead and schedule that appointment. Um, so that's really what this whole thing is about is just the transfer of emotion of selecting one, having that 
customer buying into the idea of owning that one. And then when they come out, having the on-site know the power of their desires to have that. Um, and so she ended up, you'll see that she ended up with a new cat because they said, you know, it sounds like this cat has the perfect temperament and is like exactly what you're looking for. It'll get along with your cat. And we've got someone else looking at it. So, and she's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I want that cat. I'm coming to get it. Yeah. And they got rid of the cat. Yeah. Like, yeah, FOMO. And they're not even like someone else is looking at it, whatever that actually means. So for interpretation, like it's your own urgency. Right. But like, yeah, that you don't even have to be super salesy with that as far as there's only one. There's one home site. This is one you really like. Yeah, it has really nice views. You want to look at the other ones? No, not really. No, I'm okay. And you're like, oh, so this this might be the one that you really like. Yeah. And so they already, in my opinion, you don't even have to push it. Like they already right. know. Like there's one. This is the only one. one. Of that those. was that was our experience. We bought the single um home site on the very end. It did have the highest premium. But at the time, I was like, this is a big premium. After the fact, I'm like, it was actually very low. <laughs> it was it was only 15K for the, I, I think it's low. On the very end, we don't have a neighbor north of us. Really, there's only two houses in the whole community that don't have neighbors on both sides. So, mm -hmm. and the other side has like a, they're right next to the gate. So it's busy on that end. So we have the quiet end. Mm -hmm. We have an extra like 30 feet past our house. Everyone else, they're 40 foot lots. So we have almost an additional lot next to our house. Super cool. All the privacy, whatnot. Where do you know, like that's the only one? Right? Well, they say like, you know, something's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know, my husband says that all the time. Like it could be very valuable to you and somebody else doesn't care about it. It's the same right. thing for a lot. Someone might say, well, you're crazy for paying that amount, but because right. it has exactly what they want and it's the one, they don't care. They I'm like, y'all are crazy. Your master bedroom is going to look like into the loft of someone else. That's, that's weird to me. Like I'll gladly pay 15 grand and not put that into the other people I talk to. They're like, oh, I'd rather put that money into like design selections. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, we're just like kind of, I'm hedging my bet that the location and the community with our lot is actually a better investment than putting in, I don't know, 10, 15 grand into selections that will be outdated when we go to sell, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. But land, you know, that's, that's, that's not a commodity. That's yeah. what got us on our house. Like, I mean, minus the fact that the house also checks all the boxes in terms of the rooms that we were looking for, which is really hard to find, I guess, in Georgia. Um, it was the lot itself was exactly what we wanted. We didn't want to be like right up against our neighbors and it backs up to the Creek and has all those beautiful trees. Oh, I think you put that somewhere on a story. Yeah. It was on Instagram. Pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. We, Mike is like so pumped to get a hammock back and put a hammock right outside our bedroom where that door is and lay out. See that? I mean, that's going to be heaven. So that is your little resort in the evening. Like yeah. we're done. the day's here. We're on vacation. Awesome. So the next one up is by Sarah Simmerman Simmerman on our team, Home Builders Guide to GA4 Engagement Reports. So Sarah's been writing some articles for Google Analytics 4, which when this is published, we have like another week or so before universal analytics data will stop flowing to your universal analytics account. For all those like scratching head, like what the heck does that mean? Mm -hmm. um, the analytics that we've all been using for years and years and years is sunsetting or it'll be gone. Like it will not receive any new data after July 1st. We have to now be in GA4 or the fourth version of Google Analytics. So these are just great how-to guides that Sarah has put together um, that are on the site to walk through all the different reporting. Um, just think of it like a lot of people I think have some anxiety or stress over it. Just think of it like it's a new car. We're going from our old car to our new car. 
maybe from a midsize SUV to a truck, it's going to feel different. But after mm-hmm. like a week or so, you'll be used to it. It's no big deal. Um, mm-hmm. We have new features, new safety features, but you're like, oh, I used to have like actual buttons like on my old car that I liked. I could drive and just like touch the buttons I knew was happening. Now we have the touch screen. So there's some usability things that are challenging. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like I miss the buttons, like the touch screen. How do you like, Beth, I think you have a Tesla, like turning the AC up. Like I just want to turn a knob, turn the AC up. Yeah. That I think you have to like, like tap, tap, I, tap. I you didn't learn to how to use it until like six months. It's not my car though. Like there I don't drive it on the regular, but like I found out that you could like move it and change the direction. I was like, what? what? So there's all the, um, yeah. So it's like, you still have to learn it and maybe it's a little clunky at first and you get used mm-hmm. to it. So it's, it's probably more of what you're used to, but yeah, no big deal. Check it out. It, w- it should help you go through those engagement reports. Engagement reports being how do, what do people do once they're on your website? How are they engaging with your website? And I think it's important that people take the time to read these because one of the things that we keep talking about, Andrew, is that it's not a one-for-one. Like UA no. to GA4 is not a one-for-one. Your data is going to look different. The way it's labeled is different. The pathways are different. And so take the time to learn the, cause she makes it really easy. She gives screenshots. Yeah. She walks you through step-by-step, step. take the time and like do that. Because if you're expecting to see the same thing, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I guess it might be more comparable going from gas to electric. Like it's the same, but it's going to be a little quirky. Numbers are, are different. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the metrics are definitely changing. Um, you just have to learn them. Like just like any other I, I like to give marketers a hard time. I, help, I hold us to a very high standard. Like just like a trades person, say they're um, in framing. I'm gonna make an idiot of myself. There's different hammers, right? Someone that's working in drywall is not gonna use a framing hammer. If they're using XYZ, like there's different weights, there's different material, there's different like angles to shapes, all that matters. They know exactly what tool to use. Mm-hmm. On marketing side, we need to know exactly why we're using that tool, why it's made out of titanium versus steel, whatever the heck it may be that's comparable to mm-hmm. someone who's in who's a tradesperson like we should know exactly every detail of it as well like we aren't just like oh i don't know it's confusing and hard i don't have enough time to understand the metrics i think that's like just like a excuse like but that's me holding everyone to a higher mm-hmm. standard which i think we could all meet so if there's any guilt yeah. in that there should maybe there should be a little bit there because yeah. we're more than capable of understanding every little detail of of analytics so Perfect. On to our next one. Ooh, this is fun. I think you you really like this one, Beth. Um, the oh, US we housing had a market. long conversation about this we one. We did. We did. It was. <laughs> I even used ChatGPT for some for some help on it. The U.S. housing market is missing three hundred and twenty thousand affordable homes. Beth, you're passionate about this one, so you're gonna take it. How do they arrive at three hundred twenty? What is what does affordable even mean? Because that's, that's my all over the place. That's, yeah. I think it's really important. It is really important because, you know, we're, we're really leaning away from utilizing the word affordable because it's kind of, it's become a very emotional word. And my favorite thing about this article in particular is that it defines affordability. It defines what you can actually afford at different at the, the median household income. And it also compares that to what you could afford at a six figure income. Okay. And so that part's really cool because people aren't, I don't know, I think it's sometimes affordability can mean something to one person versus another person. And it might not even be tied to your income. It could just be like what fits comfortably into your life. And so 
they're defining affordability based off of the median income that they used of $75,000 a year. And I think that is a dual income. So it's like a household household income okay. at that amount. And it's saying based off of that income, we are short 320,000 homes right. on the market for what right. affordability is at that income. And so it's all averages, US averages. So like mm -hmm. the median income for your market will be different, which will then change yeah. this number. So it seems like I'm reading an article here. The market is missing about 320,000 homelessness valued up to 256,000, the affordable price range for middle income buyers or households earning up to 75,000 per year. So then adjust that for your market. Like if you're in Huntsville, Alabama versus Miami, Florida mm -hmm. versus Pittsburgh, PA versus Columbus, Ohio, if the medians will change. Um, yeah, so that, that is what the word affordable means median and median. What's interesting is there's the builder, I won't name their names, but they went a bit smaller. Jesse, I, I believe, you know, this one, um, much smaller in the floor plan size to go mm -hmm. under 200 K, which is insane. Like when's the last time you've seen like from the upper one hundreds, like mm -hmm. not, I've seen somewhere it's like, all right, that's a like border town near Texas, a bit more affordable, really small houses, but this is in the South and upper one hundreds. You're like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Like, when have you seen that? It's been years, but they look at the floor plans are like, oh, they're like 900, 1200 square feet. Yeah. You look at them. You're like, well, they're, they're affordable. Like, and it's all renderings. I think they're already sold out of yeah. the whole community or phase one. The homes look nice. I'm assuming that they're going to incorporate some type of way to have like indoor outdoor living. So you actually have like a bit more living space or at least like have it set up that way where like people could like, okay, we add a paper patio on the back. Yeah. Essentially thousand. adding value outside of the size of the home. Right. And 12, like our first home, we, um, what we purchased was 1400 feet, but we rented a home for a couple of years in 1200. And depending mm -hmm. on the floor plan, like that seems like that's like, Ooh, that's tiny where we're used to seeing like 2000, 24, 26, 100 mm -hmm. square feet, but like a properly designed floor plan, like we're like, they're not putting all the square footage in all the rooms. They're like, Oh, this is actually like quite livable. And would be mm -hmm. a great first home for anybody that fits that bracket. And then to me, I think the most important part is that allows that person to then build equity. Yep. To then move up whether, or they, maybe they don't, they don't have to move up, but they still are building wealth, equity long-term. And so if mm -hmm. they want to make a different purchase or they're going to start a business or make another, whatever it may be, they have this safety mm -hmm. essentially to pull from versus renting forever and ever and ever. And a mortgage on 200 K that's, that's amazing. I don't know. It'd be yeah. like 14 ish, probably with like taxes and everything. Yeah. There's, it's interesting because there's two things about this. One is what you're just talking about, which is people forget how hard it is for builders to actually build a home under 200 K. Yeah. It requires a smaller size. Oftentimes um, your location isn't close to a major metropolitan area because of the cost of land going up significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to strip down some of the features that maybe people are expecting in homes nowadays because of what's been included in homes over the past decade or so. Um, right. so things are just looking a little bit different and we have to set realistic expectations regarding that. But then the other thing that Aaron talked about at length about the affordability portion is it's interesting to do some additional research and tie it to your average income and how like we all know the cost of living has gotten 
a lot higher from groceries right. to housing to whatever. It's the cost of eggs and milks through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. And while some things have adjusted here and there, it's interesting to see how the average income hasn't changed significantly. And so I think it's really important to builders so for builders to listen to that, look what's happening, seeing what's happening in their markets, not only from a, hey, what kind of house can we build? What what kind of house are people willing to buy right now? Because like Andrew said, people are shifting their expectations and looking for the smaller homes and realizing that they can live in them. Um, how do you make those smaller homes more functional? How do you add more value to them? But also, what does it mean? Like, how is the income changing? Is the income not changing in our area? Then we really need to make a shift and make things more affordable. Yeah, there's some great charts that are, we're not economists, but I think it's really interesting. Like, the it's, Big like Mac. it's like Big Macs per day you could afford based on your medium income. And it's like the chart is like, you know, like, you know, it's correlation causation. Like Big Macs aren't making us, you know, make less money. But it's like you could, like you were, you spilled for like 40, whatever it was. And now it's like 12. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. And you could chart almost anything as far as just normal items that people would purchase. I haven't had a Big Mac in a long time. I probably wouldn't go so well if I did. But everything is just more and more expensive. So then saving for that down payment, saving for that, it's going mm-hmm. to be more of a challenge. Um, so I view it as, I don't think it's the marketing job. Here we are you know, mostly marketing, you know, a lot of market audience. It's not our job to to be making product decisions or or that's our scope. Some people like that is their scope and they are in marketing. Super cool. I couldn't help but myself. They beat, I they, just inserted yeah, me either. <laughs> Let me get in there. But if you're following other builders competition, yeah. you're like, oh my goodness, this builder launched this community. And like, it doesn't have to be in your market. That's what I mean. So everyone's kind of watching competitors to market. But it, you're like, oh, that builder in the South, they put that thing up on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I checked it in on Monday, said sold out. They yeah. sold 40 houses in a weekend. I don't know if that's a story, but I'm just saying like, they're all oh, gone. What in the true world? story. My husband's a builder okay. and um, he builds houses that are in the threes to four hundreds, but okay. his builder partner got his new, he got a new community. So he kind of got his wings and he got to take off and get his own neighborhood. And they said, we're going to test this out. We don't know how it's going to go, but we are going to release the entire community at one time. They're going to be affordable houses and we're just going to see what happens. And they're stripped down. Just like you said, they're smaller. They're stripped down. No bells. Are we, talking about, are we talking about the same builder? I don't think Probably. so. Oh, shoot. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe. Um, we'll find and out And they, they sold like all 70 of the homes. And now wow. the builder's like, okay, how do we roll this out and meet customer expectations now of like timing? Mm-hmm. Because you can put the houses up quicker. You can, your, you know, your profit margin is outrageous because you don't have to do quite as much, but at what expense to your, your, your luxury name of your builder, or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you have to think about that, but we have to take our opinions on what a home should have and put it into perspective of affordable for people who don't care about the bells and whistles. They don't care about the lot. They just care about putting their family in a safe home um, and not paying rent yeah. over and over again. So I think there's they a, own. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, there's, there's, you know, pride and ownership, right? You're renting, exactly. like, but even for like, this is our first home, we're going to have people over. Like I'm sure every single person in the neighborhood is proud that they were able to purchase that home. Yeah. Even though some people are like it's affordable, it's smaller, maybe it has eight foot ceilings versus nine, 10, 12 foot. Like, mm-hmm. But hey, it's a home. It has value. It will build equity. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's get it going. Okay, yeah, the next one. Next well, one. Here. Oh, this, oh, go ahead. You have to go to the other one that it ties perfectly into this one. 
We have a lot here. Which which one are you referencing? Um, what? Here's the home price you, you can you take afford. It away. You got it. So the sister article to this one, as I like to call it, okay. is here's the home price you can afford on a six-figure annual salary. And my favorite oh, yeah. takeaway from this is exactly what we have in our notes, but it's, and it ties into income. You know, I remember the days when a six-figure salary was like, oh man, you are, you are making it like you could raise a you could raise a four I, I Andrew and I talk up, talked about this one but like my family for example you could raise four children on a one hundred thousand dollar a year salary in a single single, income. Yeah. single income most affluent area of the country and be good still go on vacations have oh, yeah. a yeah, we did talk about this yeah. four bedroom all brick house on three acres like that you were living the dream and it wasn't too long ago where that was still the reality and affordability. And now it's like, you see all these videos. I don't have TikTok, so I can't say TikTok videos, but they're probably repurposed TikTok videos on Instagram yeah. where it's yeah. like, it's how, how much a year do you expect your spouse to make? Or how much a year are you oh, trying Lord. to make? Oh. And it's like drastically different from what crazy people numbers. are making in reality. And it's this, people don't view $100,000 as an extensive salary anymore. And view, part of it yeah. is because the affordability of houses. Yeah. yeah. And it's and this article so states since 2000. So this is, you know, 20 since 2000, 20 years ago. Yeah. Costs have increased 131% on average across all five bureaus of NYC. Meanwhile, median incomes have only increased by 71%. So switching this over to marketing from like economy talk, mm -hmm. like we just need to, things are, you know, less affordable. Cool. We and marketing can't do much about it. What we can do is sell the story, sell the emotion, push mm -hmm. those things as far as people will start with emotion before they make a decision. And then they'll reason it with logic. Like, yeah, I really need that house. Or like me, I try to convince my wife, like we need to move to Epperson, which is like an hour from here because mm -hmm. they have this lagoon. Michael Phelps was at the opening, right? Um, Crystal Lagoon. And mm -hmm. like we could get a golf cart. Like it could be like 536, mm -hmm. 630, whatever time the day ends. Hop all five of us in the golf cart. Mm -hmm. go a half mile down the road in the community, go get a burger, get a beer. The kids could be in this four acre crystal lagoon on paddle boards on the little like blow up things in the water, like playing all the stuff. And that could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, Saturday, right. Sunday. And yeah. then there's food trucks, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I'm like, wouldn't like, this is like vacation every day. Let's mm -hmm. like, like, why would we do that? But it was all emotion based. It'd be more expensive. We'd be mm -hmm. farther from family, but like our life would be a vacation. And that's like, the so, thing is you have to think about, like as a marketer, you have to think about these realities to understand what how it impacts your customers right. and how you need to sell them differently. Like you said, like really focus on the emotional aspect right. of it, really add the value in other areas or understand that maybe because of this, proportionally, people are having less children. The families aren't as right. big. They need to find affordable daycare. They need to find... Like, what is the education like? What is the, all of these other factors mm -hmm. beyond just housing is a part of their, it's a part of their life in terms of affordability. And you have to think about those things, both from selling and as a marketer. hundred percent. Yeah. I was going to say on the sales side of things, you've got to, if somebody does inquire, like if marketing does all that hard work and they get somebody to have that idea and that dream and they get into it and they start to see the numbers and the fear starts to creep in, it's mm -hmm. the online sales and the sales specialist job to determine, is this an objection or is this a condition? Like, 
can they truly not afford this or do they just not want to pay this amount? And, and that's part of uncovering that in the rapport building conversation. That's why online sales have that superpower is they get to break down those barriers that maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable sharing with an onsite. And then there's this fine line of like, do we send out qualified leads or do we just get the feed in the door? And so some things people have been talking about, especially since interest rates are rising back up, that's an objection that OSCs are hearing again, is, you know what, like leaders have to set proper expectations for their sales team to say, hey, you can't expect one out of every four appointments set by online sales to write anymore because they're just sending them out. But having the conversation of, look, interest rates and pricing are irrelevant if you don't love our home and you don't love our product. Like that's just how you start things off to pick up the momentum that marketing has worked so hard to get to continue them through the funnel. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think it was um, last year and then we'll go to the next article. Was that Brian from Abrazo? He's like, marry the home, date the rate. I'm like, oh, that's, that's good. Maybe someone else said it. I don't know, but that's the first time I heard from him. I'm like, that's good. Not that there's a guarantee of the rate changing, mm -hmm. but if you don't want to marry the home and that's going to be, I think the average time you're in a home now is like close to 12 years, likely mm -hmm. influenced by rates and affordability. So it's, mm -hmm. it will be longer. But like 12 years, like that's a long time. That's that infant that you just had. And now they're 12. So they're what, like probably seventh grade, like to a parent. You're like, oh gosh, this is just... like, that's like my child's at puberty now. What in the world? Like <laughs> that's forever from now. And then they're like, that's a long time. Like I'll yeah. have to like, I'll be taking off the doors to their rooms at that point. They'll be in trouble. There'll be a timeout. They'll be like all that stuff where you're envisioning like my kid will be a, like a real a human. Now they're just like this little thing. So. Mm. Fun. On to the next one um, from 9to5mac.com. iOS 17 automatically removes tracking perimeters from links you click on. Ooh, this is, yeah, now, now we're nerd land. I like it. Um, so the example shows, you know, example.com. It gives you a click ID and a campaign UTM URL. Lots of nerd stuff I just said there. <laughs> so what essentially what Apple is wanting to do is just make things more private that will strip away the ability for an advertiser or an advertising network to personally identify, even though it's, it will be anonymized. So it's not like mm -hmm. Andrew did this. It'll just be, it'll be Facebook user ID, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, 10, did this action. They're trying to strip that away. Or if you click, click a Google ad, there's a Google click ID, G C L I D, Google click ID. They're going to strip that away or the Facebook click ID, strip that away, all these other things. But what I don't, I need to get more clarity on. Um, it looks like it is going to only automatically be activated if you click a link from mail, if you're using the mail app. Mm. I, I've had an iPhone for forever. I don't use the mail app because all my email accounts are, are Google or Gmail. So I use Gmail if you use messages. So we all use messages. So links from there mm -hmm. um, and Safari. I don't use, but Safari and private browsing mode which I kind of would, would have expected that anyways. I don't use Safari. Yeah. Chrome. So I don't think this will be a huge thing uh, as far as losing data, but it is like just another private, you know, we're getting more and more privacy. So mm -hmm. we're, we're losing more and more data, which definitely makes you, we need to start even more so than we already have leaning on more logic and reason as far as like, okay, I started Facebook ads today. I doubled my budget. I go into analytics, GA4. And Facebook only had a modest increase in leads. I'm not really happy with it, but overall we had a nice jump in leads. Well, where did those new leads come from? The only mm. thing that changed was Facebook. Facebook showed say 5% more leads. 
other sources showed like a 20, 30, 40% increase in leads. So one would be like, it's not working. Facebook is, you know, that's a waste of money. But those leads came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so you need to do that enough times where you like, you build trust in it. Cause at first I'm skeptical here. I was saying that Mary, Jesse's pen pal, it's not it a real wasn't real. It wasn't real. <laughs> Who knows? I'm still not convinced. I'm just kidding. I'm sure, I'm sure she's a real person. I'm sure she's a sweetheart. Bless her heart. But like, we need to be, we, we do need to be skeptical, but at some point, like we don't have as much data as we want. The number of conversions and leads that we have compared to say e-commerce mm-hmm. significantly lower. So we just have to have a lot of that logic and principle-based thinking to support our decision-making, especially when it comes to like shifting budgets from Google to Facebook. We really need to be sound in like our principles and why we're going to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Jackie and I just had this conversation because I did a um, market-proof algorithm training the other day. And when you're analyzing the data from that, it's easy to say, oh, we just need more leads. Let's just run an ad yeah, so I get course. more leads. But you have to like, Dig deeper than that, y'all. You have to be like, okay, this community, does it sell more specs? Do I need more specs? Do I need to push? Should I feature only inventory or should yep. I feature inventory and the ability to build? Okay, or do look at my last sales that I did have in this community. Were they spec homes or were they to be built homes? Okay, well, let's go that route because clearly that's working and what the demographic wants in this community. So you have to dig deeper and think about, it's not just, oh, run an ad and get more traffic. How do you get them there? What kind of people do you want to send there? And then kind of let it do it do its thing from there. I want to flesh that one out for a little bit um, for a second, and then I'll then I'll stop talking here. Mm-hmm. So that that one is so important. I wish there was a way to chart number of spec homes available per community and have the history on that. That'd be mm-hmm. amazing. So that example could be in May we had twenty leads for the community, mm-hmm. and. April, we had 40 leads for the community. So our leads were cut in half. Now here we're like in June, we're like, what the heck happens? We're trying to like, do we double our budget because we lost half our leads? Maybe, maybe something's broken, we're auditing. But really, we maybe had like five or six perfect spec homes in April that were the right price, the right floor plan, the right location in the community, the right selections. And everyone wanted those. They're sold now. May happened. Marketing, the market is a marketing's fault that the leads went down 50%. I don't think so. We're now, quote, essentially, it's like you switch to e commerce. I think it's easier. We're now out of stock. Of course, sales would go down, leads would go down. Like, we can't, yeah, we want these other things. Like, I'm, it's not That's my fault. part of the goal, like the art of setting the goals for the following month. You have to set realistic goals of like, okay, how much inventory do we have? Like you said, Andrew, historically, did we? Did we just sell out of everything or historically have we always relied on inventory? We're yeah. really low in inventory now. We just sold through like our perfect specs. So next month we can't set the same goal as the previous month because things have changed. And so Definitely. it's not just the data. It's like the art form of using the right you data. You need that context. And I think that's the best marketers I know. They they know, they just know. They know their communities. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, I'm not really sure. Like they just know like, oh yeah, we had a bunch of great specs there. They're gone now. Now we're selling to be built. You know, to be built, we, we kind of need like four four times as many leads to sell one to be built because interest rates, I just saw yesterday, they went to 7%. People get all weird, like, well, what would it be when I actually close? I could qualify now at seven. What if they go to seven, five? Shoot, mm-hmm. I cannot qualify. Like I've done the math with my mortgage bank, broker, whatever. I mm-hmm. cannot afford the home at seven and a half. So they're like, I'll have to wait or they just won't. So having that yeah. context, super and super important. 
Well, what's the last one we should do? Maybe not that layoffs one. That's pretty depressing. That's depressing. But I will say if you get time to go back to that article and read the comment section, it's lovely because there's a bunch of people that are like, yeah, you shouldn't be tracking this anyways. And then there's people that are like, I don't want ads that aren't relevant to me. Like, please keep stalking me. (laughs) Please. Yeah. I think people forget like, like I started shopping for now it's, it's a little, I should have took screenshots. It's a little obnoxious. It's Florida. What do we in Florida? It's, it's, it's hot. We wear shorts all the time, like year round. So I need, I need a lot of, of shorts. So I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna get this new style. Cause I usually wear, we don't need to worry about that. Like I, I wanted to try a new style. No, I'm just kidding. Car, I want some cargo, the zip off ones. So I could be ready to go. Right. So I started searching and I'm like, I right, checked out a couple brands and all of a sudden my entire feed, every ad mm-hmm. is that, which is cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't know about them. Oh, I didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciated the fact that I was stalked a little bit, but now I'm like, okay, like their algorithm needs to like taper off a little bit. Cause now we're going on like three weeks of like yeah. these like mesh print design shorts or whatever. I'm like, I, I'm good. Like I already purchased some, I got them in. I know which ones I'll buy next in a couple months. Cause I don't, I don't need that many things. The best is when but. your targeted stuff like seeps into your family's targeting stuff. Oh, My husband all the time. He just DM me on Instagram on his, like, he's like a just for sports Instagram account. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving away a secret that he only like follows sports stuff. So yeah, he only, we all gets need, I think stuff. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. And he DM me from it and he's like, your stuff is targeting me. It was like real estate <laughs> and like mortgage rates. You're like, well, your phone's always next to my phone. So <laughs> like, that's, that's the challenge there. Sorry. My um, bad. Perfect. Well, that's it for the news this week. Um, let's go into our current our current favorites. This is always a fun segment. So, Jesse, you go first. A current new favorite of yours. Gosh, I have a lot of favorites, but if it's something that's going to contribute to the people listening. Um, yeah, why not? I like my new microphone. So I have this. Um, it's called the Blue Yeti. Okay. And not that you need it necessarily, but the, uh, the audio sounds so much better. And so even for online sales specialists who are tired of having their phone up next to their head, or even just like AirPods or whatever, this is good for customer experience. So it's a cheap, cheaper alternative. Like bucks, I think. Yeah. I think a little less, honestly. A little less. And yeah. you, it plugs straight in USB? Like plugs straight in. Okay. Like my- and it kind of um, makes the background noise a little bit more silent. Like it only grasp the sound right here because I built a, an office detached from my house. I don't know if you guys know that, but, um, I walk out of my house through my yard and then into my office. And so, yeah, it's like a little she shed. It's tiny. Um, but it does not have any, any heat or air direct to it. So I have like a portable AC unit and a heater, like a oil heater and the AC unit, man, it is loud, but I live in South Carolina and it is hot. And so I noticed with headphones, you could hear it running in the background. Mm -hmm. And I noticed with this microphone, you can't. So that's my favorite product right now. I love it. Yeah. Beth. Um, Well, we are getting ready for the first leg of our move. In fact, me and the kids hit the road tomorrow morning. So insert anxiety here. You'd think like after eight moves over the span of 12 years, I would get used to it. But it's like your favorite hobby, like. You know what, Mike? Is let's it move. Though? <laughs> is it though? No, we <laughs> both it. said that like if we ever stopped moving, we'd be like two years, we'd be like, whoa, this what do we do? This is weird. But one of the beautiful things about moving is that you get to do the purge. 
And so mm. we just did a, a little bit of a purge. It was like a mini purge. So we just donated a bunch of toys, a bunch of clothes. We got rid of some old furniture that had gotten damaged in previous moves and just don't really need anymore. So it's unfortunate that we have to rebuy some stuff later, but it felt good to get rid of the old and get ready for the new. And then the other is the crowded room on Apple TV plus. You're welcome. I need to watch that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're definitely in between shows. Usually I feel like my favorites are like food or I'm like, Oh, I found this weird show. You have to watch it. It's on Netflix or something. Um, I don't know if I really have a good favorite this week other than I would say, here's what's been more common in my life. Now that it's summer, I switched my drink from Starbucks. I used to have that brown sugar ice shaken espresso. If you haven't had it, it tastes like cinnamon toast crunch and coffee so together. It's amazing. And if you haven't had oat milk with coffee, it is like viscous and thick. If you buy oat milk from the store, you have to be very brand selective. Yes. They're not all created equal. My favorite is Oatly. I think that's the best one. It's thick. It's great. So make sure if you like that in your coffee, it is heavier. But we're Florida. I sunburn. Like I go, I will mow the yard. Get my shirt off with my new shorts I just bought on. This little tiny 40 foot lot. It takes me 15 minutes to mow the lawn. It's an electric mower. I will get sunburned in 15 minutes. Like mm -hmm. whatever my skin is. So there's, I see people coming down to Florida, like builder friends. I'm like, man, everyone's coming down here. Everyone's coming down here. I'm not getting one of those um, little bumper stickers that are like, I vacation. I live where you vacation. I'm like, settle down people. You're in Florida, but sun bump sunscreen, like flawless. Oh, oh yes. Yes. So it good. works. It doesn't, we have the kids and like, we took them to like this water park the other day at the beach. Like it, I remember memories of growing up with sunscreen was like my eyes burning. I'm like, mom, I don't want to do it, please. And mm -hmm. this, like, no issues whatsoever. And like, for me, like, zero sunburn. Like, this yep. is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, like, it doesn't mess with your eyes, like, with the kiddos. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, I think it's a little bit more expensive. But, yeah. Um, but the branding on it is, like, you almost want to pick it because you're like, oh, it's not, like, super hippie and crunchy looking. If you're familiar with <laughs> crunchiness. Um, and it's not, like, super prescriptive looking like some of the brands were, like, oh, it looks like a doctor made that. It mm -hmm. kind of fits this, like, in-between beach sun bump. Um, type of vibe so to me the branding's like on point and then it's also like it works well so that's it love it love it love it and that's it for this week thank you for listening don't forget to become a member for free of dyc's all access community app for home builders and developers watch behind the scenes videos from the podcast frequent exclusive postings and analysis from the dyc team access to private hangouts and more see y'all see ya Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one? Or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof.